Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Caffeinated Convos and Horrible Bosses. I am your host, Lauren Williams, Chief Boss Lady of Workplace Harmony. Uh, We help businesses thrive in times of chaos and change as we are experiencing currently. But today we are here with my wonderful guest, Mr. Aaron Windle, and we're going to be speaking with him about his horrible boss story, about his caffeinated beverage of choice and about his experience because Aaron's led a ton of teams in his career and just his experience being a great boss. So Aaron, would you please take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience? Hey, sure. Um, So I, uh, right now I'm the IT director for uh, Iron Mountains um, and Nuna Baby Essentials. So um, it's a shared service between two companies, but it's in the same building. And uh, we produce engineering and marketing and design for baby goods worldwide. Um, and then more specifically for uh, high-end baby goods in the U.S., Nuna. Um, really, really cool uh, baby care um, coming out of Morgantown, Pennsylvania, which is a small spot, but uh, doing some really cool stuff. The hub of commerce, Morgantown. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, Kind of interesting, I I would say a high percentage of the products from a baby gear perspective are produced um, like from an engineering and design in Berks County, Pennsylvania. Really? Uh, Yeah, yeah, like a large, large chunk of them. Um, Because of the nature of uh, Graco Baby starting there and then Graco um, growing and then kind of the outspring of people that worked at Graco that lived in Berks County because it was local and small and then it grew really, really big. Yeah, um, and then they all kind of, kind of stayed in. You know, you stay where you're at, and they're in Berks County, and so a couple of these other ones little um, popped up. But um, yeah, and then the guy that uh, I report to the CEO, Nate Saint, and he um, used to work for Graco. And between Nate and his dad, have invented like a crazy amount of the different things. Like, so your pack and play was invented by Nate's dad. Um, the uh, original like motorized swing was invented there. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool both history. You would never know. Yeah, both absolute baby lifesavers, I will say. Yeah. So thank you to them. That is pretty awesome. What's one thing you've learned through baby industry you didn't know before you worked in it? Uh, oh, man, that's interesting. I mean, I've learned so much over the last, you know, I've been here for about a year. Um, and so... Uh, probably that the inventions that we have now in relation to baby gear weren't invented out of um, necessity to help people, but more a necessity to figure out like um, Graco started not producing baby gear. They were producing really? metal stamp. Yeah, metal stamping and producing um, metal uh, fabrication. And so um they basically, they, the leadership there said, said, said to these two guys, like, hey, we need to figure something out. And uh, the one guy um, that invented the motorized swing was like walking past uh, a playground and saw a mom pushing her baby um, reading a Reader's Digest, you know? So this is a while ago. And uh, was like, man, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And that's what invented that motorized swing. So I thought that was kind of a cool story. That is so cool. We uh, lived on that thing when the boys were little. So I am a big, big fan of motorized swings. I think they make life a billion times easier for everyone. So that's pretty cool. And why don't you share what you are drinking this morning? Okay, so in a normal day, um, I get, I'm a little more particular about my coffee. So we, 
when uh, when I got to spend some time in San Francisco with some of the acquisition work we did there at Frontline, um, I got in touch with some better coffee and I was like, I've got to make this regular part of my life. So, um, so we buy whole bean coffee from Wegmans called Backyard Beans and they're actually out of Lansdale. Oh, cool. And um, they have like a light, medium roast breakfast blend or whatever. So um, I have like a hand grinder. So we grind the beans by hand in the morning, brew them. I'll drink like maybe a cup or two um of that coffee in the morning and then depending on how the day's going i'm a little bit of a caffeine and b vitamin addict and i'll maybe treat myself to a bang energy drink in the afternoons <laughs> okay and your coffee are you like an oat milk or just black or a bulletproof coffee person what are, are you really uh so i split between regular half and half and then um maybe once in a while i'll i'll add like an mct oil or a bullet, like that bulletproof coffee style but mostly it's just an organic half and half i try to do as um little bit as little co- uh, chemicals as possible so one thing i found out through my research into the coffee industry is that coffee beans are one of the most chemically uh affected products in the world and so really? getting organic beans yeah because like i guess the way that they are grown and then there's tons of pesticides and then um, mold and all kinds of different other stuff. So the Gross. organic ones are like much better for you. And I was like, well, I'm drinking a bunch of this. So that's something I, we always get organic. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, we've definitely become a little bit of coffee snobs in terms of the whole bean and fair trade and getting the, you know, spending a little more, but it's worth it. And uh, we are heavy coffee drinkers around here. So um, I've already had three, which is why I'm a little wired this morning. (laughs) So I'm super excited to talk to you, but then extra excited because all the caffeine running through my veins. So without further ado, let's dive into your horrible boss story. Yeah. Um, so it's been an interesting kind of, I've had some good ones and, and some not so great ones. And, uh, uh, I'll say there's a kind of a period where I actually had two back to back, not so great ones. Um, and yeah, they were interesting. Like, so, um, what I've kind of found through some bad boss experiences is, is a lot of um, your experience with your boss is going to be based on their own personal, um, I'll say maybe insecurities, is but what I've experienced, right? Mm-hmm. So, same. Um, so I had two, and 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 uh, kind of both were, you know, okay. I'll, I'll say that if they were the same person mixed up together, they may have been a really good boss, but because they were separate, they were both bad in their own way. So the one. Um, was a really great guy and his personality was really good and he really cared but he struggled with vision and he struggled with allowing uh, growth and and control and so so um, you know one of the things that used to drive me nuts was uh, from time to time I'd get asked something you know I'd get a message like hey what do you think about this and I'd give my opinion and then uh, he would send it over and not give me any um like even throw me a bone or a plug credit yeah Aaron said we should do this it was more like this is what we think and it's like hey there was an opportunity for you to give me credit there Mm -hmm. um you know because as you're young and trying to grow professionally it's you know it matters what other people think and there's visibility and um you know you, you you know so it just matters and every time that kind of thing would happen it would just erode a little bit more and more of my trust there right um 
And so that was one. And then the other was like kind of the inverse. Of wait, it. wait, so like, back to Horrible Boss One. How oh, long yeah. did you work under them? How long did that uh, last? About, I want to say three and three, three and a half years. Wow, you made it a long time. You are the record holder right now. So congratulations <laughs> to you on that. You know, I think, um, I think for everybody, as you grow professionally, you got to really make a decision about what's important to you, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, for me, he, I knew he cared about me um, and about things that were important to me and things that were important to me about my job. Now, growth and, and getting credit for things and, and wanting to feel like a l- less control over what I was doing and being given um, empowerment to go to go do the things that I needed to do and just for, to have them to have him support me was really important. But he really cared about me as a person, so it was like it made it palatable. Plus, we were going through um, you know a lot of really cool stuff at the time, so it, it just was like you know you, you got into a method where. You know, I just you couldn't focus too much on the negatives there, and even yeah. though you weren't necessarily getting some of the pieces you wanted, um, you know that vision that like, hey, here's where we want to go, go do it kind of mentality. Knowing that he cared was was really valuable. So um, yeah, I just kind of hung in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't you think it's it something I could have done forever, but yeah, yeah, you kind of take it and you make it what you can, and if you can learn out of it and grow from it, that's one of the best things ever. Yep. So Horrible Boss 2? Yeah. Uh, and so these two were kind of relatively close career-wise. Um, and the second one, he, he seemed to, you know, he and I saw eye to eye on a lot of the vision for what we were going to be doing and a lot of the direction um, and uh, what we wanted to do and how it was all going to get there. Like, we were really in lockstep, you know, but, um, you know, he was just not, <laughs> for lack of better words, he was, he was a jerk about Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff um and along with that was an an unwillingness to have difficult conversations you know Mm -hmm. with me and with with other people and and uh an unwillingness to allow so his insecurities were not based on his lack of vision and knowing that he didn't know where to go it was more his insecurity about his position and where he was going professionally um and so that manifested in a lot of control and a lot of uh you know, bizarre interactions. Um, and then it just eroded a lack of trust and the, to the point where I felt like I was being put in a position where I had to continue to bring up the, the difficult conversations. And um, try to bridge it with him. Yeah. And, and like, it just became like, you know, I think if you talk to him now and ask what he thought, like he would have no idea that it was a miserable, you know, mm-hmm. it, for me, it was, it was uh, like a little over a year mm-hmm. and it just was like, probably one of the toughest kind of professional experiences and so um I think back about those two and I I I, you know I've been coached that sometimes my expectations for my management or my leadership is too are too high right I expect too much and and I, I think I try to hold them to the same standards that I hold myself and so I've been able to take those two experiences and and bring them together and just say look you know I learned a lot about things I'll never do to people that work for me you know, I will give them the authority to go do what they need to do and, and um, you know, be a guide for them when they need help, uh, but also allow them to get in there and to fail yeah. um, and to learn through those processes and, and to give them a vision about what I want to do and where I want to go. Um, and then also, like, allow people to be really strong in areas that I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and And to help, you know, kind of 
foster that growth into those areas and say, look, these are areas that you're really, really strong at. And, and this is how we, I think we can help uh, make you even better and put them in a position to be successful and then broadcast their name when it happens. And I think as a manager, it can be uncomfortable at times um, if you're consistently telling everybody else about all the wonderful things that the people on your team are doing, you know, you feel like, well, what am I doing? Um, and, uh, but you're leading them, you're leading yeah, them to greatness. So, and, and it's, and it's awesome. And it's a lot of fun to just see the success, but I think, and this is where I think some of those insecurities manifested in those two, two leaders for me, mm-hmm. um, where they just couldn't understand that, like having people like me and a couple of the other people that were on the team underneath them that were really good at what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that sounds a little, I know, I feel like I was, I was good at what I did. So I'm happy yeah. to say it that way, but um, well, instead of being threatened by a team of high performers, yeah. they should be thriving and running harder. And I think sometimes leaders get so scared of they're going to outshine me. They're going to look better. Hey, if they look better, that's great. That is something you should embrace and you should love. If your team looks better, they should look better than you because you should be teaching them and you should be helping them grow. And Hey, if you have a great idea and I don't share it out and give you credit, shame on me. That was not my idea. Like idea stealers are the worst yep and i think uh i always looked at it like you know what i'm gonna promote these people as much as i possibly can here so that um number one that like because if, if nobody's ever doing anything good in your team that you get asked the opposite question like what's really going on but but two like mm-hmm. let's just say your worst fears are revisited and that person gets plucked and moved into a better position if you've done everything in your power to promote them to something great you've now just built a really strong relationship with somebody else that you get to work with that's um, great and so I, I just don't think anything positive could ever happen because the worst thing that could happen is you squash it, you squash it, you squash it. And then some, you know, eventually people that are really good, they get noticed yeah. and then it becomes a thing and then they move into another position and like you've built a relationship where they don't trust you uh, and don't want to work with you. So um, mm-hmm. I think those are some important lessons that I learned. And I just can remember going through those couple years. It was like coming home and being like, well, I know I'll never do that. So, you know, um, and I'm sure I will, right? Everybody makes mistakes and, yeah. and it's tough. Like I, I know being, you know, a leader, you rarely have a time where everybody's always happy with everything that you do and you have to get used to people being maybe a little uncomfortable with your decisions all the time. But um, yeah, I just, I think I spent some time learning some things that I wouldn't make the choices that they did at the times that they did them. That's great though. On my team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is good to learn from the horrible bosses. And I think my horrible boss story, um, which was episode one, uh, was about the person just had total lack of delegation and they were afraid to let me do anything that would have put me at that next tier or given me a little more uh, learning opportunities or growth. And I left and learned it anyway. And so you are risking losing someone really, really good. And one of the things you said earlier really boils down to many, many leaders just has a lack of self-awareness. I think you made a comment that even if you asked them today, they would have no concept at all that the things they did weren't great. There's just this overall lack of self-awareness and realizing that um, just taking that time to be introspective and maybe because they are juggling two roles. I hear a lot of managers say like, oh, I have to be the boss and do the work. Well, yeah, you do. And you have to still be able to reflect on how did I do as an employee and how did I do as a boss today and what can I do differently? And if you are forcing them fierce conversations, that's great. I'd say a large population of employees don't do that and they probably are a little fearful to do so. So the fact that you are doing that is awesome and probably made you a better manager today. I would hope so. I mean, uh, I always felt like 
um, being as honest and open with you know people that I work with and the people that I work for is, has been really helpful and in a, in a respectful way because mm-hmm. um, there's there's I've had some experiences with people that are I think using that whole radical candor method to just be a jerk um, and I think uh, there's a difference there right like there's tact and the yeah. way that you deliver it and and again like letting somebody down or telling them no or um, reining them back in after they've kind of gone off a little bit into their space is, is not easy to do but I think you owe it to them right. um, because if you end up in a situation where you're talking with them about performance and it's not necessarily a super positive conversation and they're not expecting it then you've really missed mm-hmm. um, and, and so I think I've had a few of those that I try to avoid too so yes yes absolutely so on to the flip side your best boss ever I always like to ask about your very best boss and what he or she or they did to make such an impact and just be a really cool boss yeah so I, I think I go all the way back to probably my very very first boss who um, I worked under for five years and then with for another two and then we're still friends um, today and and, and interact in a a few areas and um, yeah so um, Sean was you know gave me my first start and kind of got me started in IT and kind of helped coach me along um, professionally but um, I'll say he gave me enough coaching that I could learn but not too much that I couldn't uh, grow and expand and then was like always one of my biggest proponents of uh, in the business like you know anytime he had an opportunity to sing my praises to leadership he was doing it and anytime I was doing something well he rewarded me and talked with me about it um, but he was also really willing to have hard conversations with me like when you're young and stupid and you <laughs> Think you know it all. (laughs) Say things you shouldn't say. And, you know, he was always willing to just say, you know what, like, this is tough, but here's a conversation we need to have. Um, You know, but he was like, not, it wasn't, he had built so much trust with me that like when, when he would come to me and talk to me about something difficult or a decision that I made or an interaction I had that he felt was like inappropriate, he would just talk to me straight away about it and not, um, and give me that like, like straight, Mm -hmm. like, and, and so that, even though it was like a conversation he didn't want to have and I didn't want to hear mm-hmm. that even that built even tighter trust because mm-hmm. I, I knew like, OK, Sean cares and he wants to see me grow and succeed. But he also really cares about me not doing these things that are going to hinder me professionally. Yeah. Um, and so like there was this really unique mix there where he cared about me personally. He wanted to help develop and grow me, but he also cared about me professionally, making sure that I was getting what I needed and um I don't know. He was very secure in who he was mm-hmm. in, in relation to his position and what he was doing. And yeah. so that enabled him to be uh, free with kind of producing. And ultimately, I, as he moved on to something else, I succeeded him into his role. And I, I would never have been able to do that if he hadn't, number one, coached me and helped me along the way. And then two, with the organization, put me in a position where they were willing to trust me to take over for him. Mm-hmm. And so that's where like that whole concept of like, making sure your team is ready because I, I think um, if you want to grow and go and do something new and better and bigger yourself you have to have somebody that can replace you on your team otherwise you can never leave and so right. you had a really good kind of balance there uh, for me and like you know he allowed me a lot of freedom you know, I was able to kind of figure out what I was doing and, and kind of go and mess with things and then when I broke them you know if I broke it and he had to answer for it he took it on his shoulders and 
took that hit on the chin and then went back to me and was like, hey, don't ever do that again. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, uh, it was just a really rich experience for me um, and something I consider myself really blessed to have, have experienced at a young age. Um, mm-hmm. But then something I've been able to take and learn from him in the positives and like, look, he, he didn't do everything right, but um, enough that I've been able to impart that into um, the folks that I've been able to manage and the teams that I've been able to build and grow. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just such a good experience. I always mm-hmm. look back to that and I think like, what am I doing to mimic that? But also like, um, you know, how am I taking what I learned there and, and bringing it into the org? So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Do you, in your role now, have an opportunity not only to lead your team, but to do you feel that you can be an example to the other leaders around your table? Interesting. Um, I would hope. You know, I don't know. It's a little. Um, so the way our org is structured, it's because I'm a shared service. I have uh, kind of my hands in a lot of different areas of, mm-hmm. the, of the business that don't always interact, and so I've got interactions with leaders. Um, all over and so my personality can at times be a little strong for some I love people. it I <laughs> love it I appreciate it oh so much <laughs> um, but so I always I've always I've tried like you know through professional coaching over the last you know five or six years learned to try to um, understand how that can impact a group dynamic and mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I think I hope I, I do in, in the way that I build a team and the success that we have as a group and just watching how we're able to accomplish a lot of things in a short amount of time with not a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and hoping that's reflected. I mean, it also helps like um, when things go really well. And so things yeah. have been going really well. I don't, we haven't had anything that went totally uh, off the rails. Um, And I'm sure by example, they're just seeing how you do things, how your people respond, how your employees are happy and thriving and growing. So, I mean, you're, whether they say it or acknowledge or not, you're probably having that impact. And in your role, you're serving internal and external customers. So that's always a really fine balance. And I have always found that internal customers are so much harder to service than external. The expectations are high and it's always um, jockeying for who you can get to first and whose need is more immediate and there's a, a fine balance in a leader who can like delegate the work out but also make sure each person has an opportunity to get the right kind of projects for their skill set and the ones that'll let them shine so in my experience with you I've always seen you do that really well and elevate your teams and also be the one in the room that'll say hey wait did we think about this and while not everyone loves that I think it's so good to have that voice in the room that is the person who will not just like nod in agreement and will say this is something we need to think through or I don't know if I love that idea and here's why so I appreciate that I think I found um that at times you can be a little I've been a little too much on that side where you're like you know thinking about the issues and it's not necessarily that you think the ideas are bad it's just you can see where there may be some gaps and so what I've found is like um, now I just try to pick and choose the times where you bring it up mm-hmm. um, in a large group setting and mm-hmm. then the times where you bring it up in a small group or a one-on-one where you just kind of approach someone after and say hey look think your idea is really good or I thought what you said was awesome in the meeting you know have you thought about these alternatives and then um, one thing I really like is seeing other people succeed so if I can put something in somebody's head and say like hey I think this might be a, an approach you could take to to solve the problem and they take that and then go back to their leadership with 
hey, this is what I think we can do. Mm-hmm. And then they get to produce that as their own idea and run with it. Um, I still feel like that's success for, for me and my group, right? And like in IT, you're never really, you're almost never at the, at the top, right? Uh, in front of everybody with the lights on, mm-hmm. um, talking about everything that, that was awesome. You know, nobody, no, that's not to say nobody, but very rarely do people come and thank you for everything working well. They come and talk to you when things aren't working well. And that's yeah. okay, because that's your job is to, to help people with problems, solve them and, and, and make it work better long-term. Um, but I found like, and this is some, some coaching I got, you know, um, not from a boss, but somebody that was kind of helping coach me through some of these bad boss situations yeah. um, was like, well, so that other team had success and yeah, you might've been like a key contributor and your team may have done 60% of the work for that team to be successful, but ultimately that team was successful and the business is, is, is growing. That's success as a group. And you can be proud of that. Um, and you know, so that's something I've always had to impart. And so then I just try to find little ways to incentivize the team around those things. Like we're not always going to be in front of everybody talking about how, how the IT team was the most important piece because you know, when it boils down, we're, we're not, um, we're an important piece of what the business does, but the business has to sell, the business has to make money, the business needs to grow. And if we're key pieces of helping these teams achieve their goals, we can be proud of that. And so, um, not always easy, especially with multiple personalities of, of, of people on a team and, and some people needing that. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to find ways to do it yourselves. But um, yeah, I have a lot of fun. I think probably the most the most rewarding thing I think for me as a leader is just um, the people. Like I really like I, IT and, and technology and I'm passionate about helping the company do better and finding better processes and tools to do it. But um I just really love being with my team and building it and building a great culture of teams that like to be together. And like, you know, you, you can tell when a team is happy to be working together and yeah. when they're not. And like, it's just rewarding for me, like um, when the team and, and everybody comes together and just actually enjoys being with each other um, that's awesome. on a daily basis. So that's been probably one of the best, most rewarding pieces for me. That's very cool. Um, that's a very, um, like non-scale victory in terms of having leadership abilities and being a good leader is like it's not something you can measure metrically but you know people are feeling good doing well and thriving so I appreciate you mentioning that where can our listeners find you if they want to ask questions or connect on management 101 from Aaron Windle LinkedIn other avenues oh yeah um I'm on LinkedIn so if you just look up Aaron Windle on LinkedIn you should I think, uh, should find me. I have okay. public, so you can reach out to me there. Okay. Um, awesome. yeah, but I mean, I'm like, I'm always happy to interact with people and help out where I can. I mean, I think that's, you know, paying it forward or yeah. paying it back or whatever. I don't know. Maybe my boss paid it forward and now I get to pay it back, but anything I can do to help out. Awesome. Page. Yeah. Awesome. So everyone find Aaron on LinkedIn. Feel free to ask your management questions or his opinions. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for being a great guest on Caffeinated Convos and Horrible Bosses. Can't wait to talk to you again and can't wait to see the great things you do with your team. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Lauren. Thank you.